regardless, if you let the FBI in your back door, you should tell people. Yeah, it 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 goes back for me. It goes back to that FBI thing. Like, <laughs> why the hell are you ignoring the FBI requests? Like. Welcome to another Bourbon and Data Breaches, where we cover the top five most interesting breaches from this last week and one of our favorite bourbons. I'm Steve. Howdy, I'm Shu. Thank you. I'm Austin. We have our bourbons already. Uh, Nikki, what do you have for us this week? First topic we'll be covering today is brought to us by TechCrunch. The headline reads, grocery startup Mercado spilled years of data but didn't tell its customers. Shoot, back, back me up on this. You, you got to disclose. It, if it happens, you disclose it, you move on. Yeah, even whether it's the law or not, uh, the article went on to, the, the jurisdiction for, the, the laws for every state here in the U.S. varies according to uh, whatever. And um, regardless of what the law says, you should just disclose based on good relations with the customer. Um, and it sounds like for this case, they were uh, they the article kind of implied that it that they didn't want to screw with their funding, uh, but trust me, waiting like not disclosing is going to mess up your funding more long term. That they've potentially committed fraud by burying the fact that they had a data breach while raising funds and not disclosing it to their possible investors. So. I, I don't know if that's the case. Maybe they disclosed it to the investors and investors didn't talk, um, but you, you got to disclose. And, and if you don't disclose, you run the risk of breaking uh, several laws. Um, and you definitely run the risk of losing customers. Like, uh, I mean, I know it's a grocery store, so hopefully they're not getting terribly sensitive data, um, but who knows these days what grocery stores are, are collecting. Yeah, who knows what they're selling to. Technical details, very interesting. Um, and Austin, just to uh, just to inform you of a, of a requirement we have here, yeah. every time that it's an unsecured S3 bucket, we all have to take a shot. So in this case, <laughs> what, it was- Was it an unsecured S3 bucket? Of course it was an unsecured <laughs> S3 bucket. Every week we have a damn story about an unsecured S3 bucket. Or, or a passwordless uh, <laughs> uh, Elasticsearch. Yeah, so take a shot, unsecured S3 bucket. Um, it's not actually a rule. She was just making shit up now. Oh, man. I was <laughs> going to go grab something different. but <laughs> Yeah, the unsecured. It looks like they put a, a database backup in S3. And I kind of get that, but that's always... Uh, putting database backups in S3 just always just kind of feels a little wrong to me. You know, who, it's, who would do that? It's uh, <laughs> what? No. It's like, yeah, can you do it? Yeah. It's last line of defense. So kind of have to take care of it. It's super convenient. If if you if you yeah. secure your buckets properly, it's fine. That there's I these agree. access permissions, and you can say don't let anyone access this, and you're you're good. It's true, but it's not like securing a Linux server you have on site, right? It's different. It's not behind a, your own firewall, right? So, or if you're in the cloud, nothing's behind your firewall. If you're in the cloud, yeah, 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 that's true. Number two comes from Tech Times. 
Headline reads, NBA attacked with alleged ransomware, 500 gigs of Houston Rockets data stolen, including contracts and more. So the Houston Rockets have confirmed that this happened to them, but they are uh, very confident that it's not, it's not halting their day-to-day -day operations. So don't worry, um, but yes, 100%. I find that hilarious. It's like, oh, it's not halting our day-to-day -day operations. Oh, you mean the basketball players can still play basketball? Like, I'd love to see a cyber attack that halts basketball. They're front-facing. They're like, don't worry. What you people really care about, the basketball games, they're still going on. The, I mean, the baskets and the balls all still here. We're good. Still happening. Don't worry. Tune in. Um, but the uh, ransomware gang behind it was reportedly Babook. And Babook. we've covered them before, recently. Babook's making uh, some names. So, you know, on our leaderboards of ransomware gangs, Babook has been mentioned multiple times. Nothing close to Revil, but um, Babook's what's your thoughts newer. on the story? Babook's yeah. been around for much uh, less time. So we've got some heavy hitters. You may say they're the Houston Rockets of ransomware gangs. First off, because of a lot of transparency rules, I'd be surprised if there was something really surprising that was... It had private contracts. Yeah, but like at high level, we know what contracts say, right? So it's like... Eh. I feel bad for the players because the players didn't sign up for this. The players had their information stolen, their family's information stolen, and you know they're already a high target. So this is just, I mean, Babook is probably targeting every single basketball player whose information they just stole to try to break into them personally. Yeah, yeah that, that includes like addresses and stuff, right? Addresses, phone numbers, social security numbers. So this is, this is I mean, personal information of... from very famous people mm -hmm. who are already facing a lot of uh, risk when they go out into public, but now it's the digital personalities yep. and identities that are at stake phone numbers can lead to sim swapping sim swapping can lead to stolen photos stolen photos can lead to tmz so it's a whole bad waterfall i mean what was it like it was like 10 years ago uh sean taylor strong safety nfl his house got broken into because people knew that he was a millionaire he was shot in dead at night like he you know burglary attempt so it's, it's a huge risk when these high-profile people, uh, which a lot of people are aware of because of, the, you know, because of watching them on TV every week playing uh, basketball, like they could see that they're a target. Like especially, yeah, I can see how that's... Yeah, historically... Those are really good, really good rants until the earpiece fell yeah. out. I mean, historically players are targets and if someone really wanted their info they could get it right but this definitely lowers the 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 effort players and high net worth individuals spend thousands to tens of thousands to even millions of dollars hiding that information you you think uh the big news about the facebook breach was somewhere in there is zuckerberg's cell phone number right like 
I, I guarantee Zuckerberg spent more than a million dollars trying to hide his cell phone number. And it's the same thing with, with these players. They, they don't buy houses directly. They buy houses through anonymous LLCs with holding companies and trusts and all this stuff. Like you, you got to be a tax expert to even figure half of it out. So they go to extreme lengths to hide where they live, hide their personal information because they are a target. And then Babook just goes in, smash and grab. And they're probably, if, if the Rockets don't pay the ransom, they're probably going to expose all that information. If, if you had the cell phone number right now of Zuckerberg, like, come on, you'd text him. You know you would. <laughs> I got to imagine, too, it wasn't just stuff like PII, but um, like scouting reports and like plays and stuff like that. That um, I mean, yeah, it's not going to hurt an individual, but it's got to hurt the team. That's uh, that, that is also very true. Yeah. Plus, yeah, plus this is a business that they have thousands of employees. So you think yeah. of all the employee data. Yeah. 500 yeah. gigabytes, no matter how you cut it, is a lot of data. So sadly, we've seen much, much bigger dumps than half a terabyte. So yeah, that is true. I think it's time for a bourbon break. Bourbon break. So today we have. Uh, Chambers Bay. Now, um, when Shu told me he was doing CBD bourbon, I got a very different idea about what was in this bourbon. But turns out Chambers Bay Distillery is also CBD. It sure is. So we're looking at their Chambers Bay straight bourbon. Uh, this uh, has 1111 for some reason. Uh, November 11th for Chambers Bay. It is a double gold winner for the Northwest, not for San Francisco. So sorry, Shu. Well, you can argue that that's a better award. You can't. You cannot argue that at all. A um, little bit about this bourbon. So it is a straight bourbon whiskey that has been aged for, I want to say, four years in barrel. Shu, do you know if it's three or four? It says at least three. Oh, it says straight at least two. I think- uh, Two plus. Two plus. My, my, um, my label says at least three, though. There you go. So we've got, uh, we don't have an exact mash bill. This uh, bourbon has not been reviewed by our friends over at Breaking Bourbon. Breaking Bourbon, please review this bourbon so we can figure out what the hell is in it. Uh, we do have a general mash bill that has rye, malted barley, uh, and wheat uh, with 51% corn, which is redundant because it's a bourbon. Um, so that's enough about the bourbon. Shu, why don't you take us through a tasting? So a uh, beautiful traditional bourbon color, not too dark, not too light. I really like the color. Um, yeah, so let's... It smells like a bourbon. Any, any, anything you want to add to that? You want to expound on that a little bit, Shu? Yeah. Yep, bourbon. Actually, you know what's interesting? It's not as strong of a of a smell. I was gonna like be pithy about this, but no, it's um, it, it's not as strong of a smell of bourbon as, as as I've had before. So, we'll see how this goes. It's sweet. Ooh, it's interesting. Um, the first hit is is a is a is very sweet. It tastes uh, a bit light. Um, it's forty seven point five percent 
proof or alcohol by volume, 95% proof. Um, it's got a little bit of a burn, but not too much. So it, it is a lighter bourbon, I, I think. Um, but after the sweet taste, there is a very woody, chocolatey taste. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say chocolatey, chocolatey. I, th I think maybe a slight caramel taste after that. How about a toffee? Ooh, toffee. Yes, I like that. A toffee, maybe. <laughs> I'm reading the tasting notes. Would you also say there's a little bit of uh, sea salted caramel in there? Uh, caramel, sea salt. Yeah, maybe caramel. Uh, sea salt. Uh, 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 yeah, caramel taste to it. Um, it's pleasant. Um, it's interesting. Um, For the price, would you recommend? Is, is it a buy? Yes or no? Man, that's tough because it is damn expensive. But it is more interesting than other bourbons we've had before on this on this show. So I'm hearing a yes, sounds like a yes. I, I would I would say on a scale of one to ten, um, I give us a six point eight seven. It is, it is interesting, but damn, the price point is really high for this. So yeah, it, it, for a light bourbon, I think it's one of the better light bourbons I've tasted. So I'll give it that. Um, would I drink it again? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would. And I think I will enjoy drinking this bottle. Uh, would I buy it again for this price? Maybe if I got like a fat bonus on the paycheck or something. So that's a no from Shu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Topic number three we'll be covering today comes from CBS News. Headline reads, Indonesia arrests hackers over $60 million U.S. COVID-19 scam. I'm shocked that this happened because why would Indonesia care? Like from a very selfish standpoint, two of their citizens just got $60 million richer. Um, so let me put this in perspective for y'all. I personally know three people, former coworkers that were um, sort of victims of this. They, they got uh, an email from the Washington unemployment office or something and just randomly saying, hey, we've got your claim for COVID unemployment benefits. Uh, you'll be getting money in like two or three weeks or something like that. Uh, the state of Washington, um, and, and these three people were gainfully employed throughout all this. So they were like, what the hell? Uh, they, they, they didn't know what happened. And they, of course, reported it as a scam. But the state of Washington, I understand, was one of the worst of, uh, victims in this the state of Washington got scammed for, let's see, 646 million. Um, yeah, so 60 million is less than 10% of what these two guys in Indonesia got away with. I guarantee you there are dozens, if not hundreds of more perpetrators around the world. Sadly, as cybercrime goes, 60 million is not a lot. Um, you can do SIM swapping, which doesn't even take much technical know-how, and you can make 
tens of millions on your first year. Um, and what they did was largely phishing attacks. So not the most sophisticated, but they made 60 million. Um, I'm just surprised there. I don't believe they have an extradition treaty with the US. They're far enough away. Like, I just, I don't see why the hackers, the hackers probably felt secure. Yeah. Uh, fourth topic we'll be covering today comes from Bloomberg. Headline reads, Apple targeted and 50 million ransomware hack of supplier Quanta. Oh, here we go. Um, <clears throat> so looking, and I forget the exact amount and I can't pull it up right now, but they had a demand which gave like a seven day. 50 million. Yes, but on the last one we covered, right before uh, I've left Hawaii, mm. they had a demand that was X amount, and they said, hey, pay this by this date, or we're mm -hmm. going to double it. Did they say anything like that on this one, for 50 million that could jump to 100 million? Or yeah, they, 50 million? They, they didn't say we're going to double it, but you see that last sentence right there. So we, we did a lot of sanitation. This is the hack notice, hack cache. You can view the dark net safely or mostly safely. Um, it may offend your sensibilities, uh, but you see right there, it says, we recommend that Apple buy back the available data by May 1st. They're, they're not saying how much it's gonna cost Apple, but uh, I guarantee it's more than 50 million. And I have looked at this, you've got full tech specs for the uh, iMac that was released yesterday. So um, they sort of stole the thunder from Apple's uh, big I'm announcement it. yesterday. Intentionally. Like they, they didn't say there was gonna be like 12 colors. So kudos to you, Apple, you, you, you got us there, but <laughs> they, they had like full chip designs and all that. Um, so this, Re-Evil, they are typically known as the funny ransomware gang. They're like the um, Phoebe of the group. Uh, but uh, they, this time they've got, a, they've got a juicy target. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens. And this is targeting Quanta, which is a supplier out of Taiwan. That is my understanding. It's either Taiwan or China. And depending on where you sit on the fence, same thing. Um, so I looked at the uh, article where it listed that also Facebook, HP, and there were maybe a couple others that were listed as uh, who that supplier worked for as well. So could this possibly extend they, to them? They listed all that in the hack cache. I, I think uh, you may have missed it. Uh, Blackberry. So watch out, Blackberry. Uh, your data was stolen as well, and potentially some others like yeah, HP and whoever else. I'm sure that they're a large mobile chip manufacturer. So that's terrible. If any IP from BlackBerry got stolen, goes to show. Gotta pick your third parties very carefully. Acnudis top tip. Um, non sequitur. Uh, Austin, I see your name is Stylo. What's Stylo? Um, so Stylo in a nutshell, I mean, most companies are sitting on a gold mine of unstructured customer data, whether that's emails, call transcripts, support tickets, anything like that, without any way of understanding it. And what we do is give you insights into what your customers are saying so you can conquer churn and really create those long lasting relationships. Very cool.
if you happen to have a large amount of unstructured data sitting on S3, um, <laughs> we can analyze it for you. They can analyze it, and then Reevil can steal it. Yeah, Reevil, if you're watching this, <laughs> better stylo analyze your data than say Kuba or Reevil. Yes, no doubt. Well. I think we made it to the last story, Nikki. <laughs> Topic number five we'll be covering today comes from Interesting Engineering. Headline reads, court permits FBI to hack computers around the U.S. to eradicate a hack. Ba back me up on this, on this show. Web shells? Do, do you agree this is horrible? The I would say that the FBI acted in good faith, according to every story that happened, but the precedent here is very, very horrible, as you say. I do not like the precedence of what happened. So, so like the companies did nothing wrong other than running an unpatched server that was then taken over by China, most likely China. Um, and these servers then had uh, shells installed. So, so to break it down, a shell is basically just uh, the ability for a hacker to run random commands and programs on that server. Uh, this all comes from a story we covered before where uh, there's a zero day on Microsoft Exchange servers. And uh, there was, this was known by China and China just started brute forcing and taking over all these servers, right? So the proper way and the way that we've been doing this for forever is you find the server, you find out who it belongs to, and you send them a letter and you say, hey, by the way, you're running an exchange server, China just took it over, you need to go and fix your shit, right? That's the way it's always been done. You see a problem, you notify whoever owns that server. If they don't respond, you go to the host provider and the host provider shuts the server down, right? This has all okay. been done before. Okay, to interrupt you, it sounds like the FBI got to that, got to that point. According to other other news outlets, it got to that point, but they did not go to the provider at that point. They, the FBI decided to take action on their own. The which, FBI which is unprecedented entered a server and fixed it. I at this point, if this was my server, I would burn it with fire. I, at this I, point, if yeah, at this point, if I owned a server, I'd be embarrassed to, like, oh, what am I doing? Like, uh, my whole career has been a sham. Why am I, mean, I not? Why are you running your own exchange server to begin with? I, exactly. I don't, yeah. I don't think the. But the problem it's safer here, than the cloud, Steve. Running your own server is never <laughs> safer than the cloud. Not, not for email. Look, we running your own email server has been a dumb idea for the last ten years. Yeah, if you're, uh, if you're still running your own email ser server, you either are doing some sketchy ass shit um, or you don't understand that you can just outsource this. Okay, call back to their earlier discussion. Um, should they disclose that they've now been double breached once by the FBI? Is it a breach if the FBI does it? And yes. You, yes. is it mandatory yes. disclosure? Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, anytime, anytime anyone gives you data. Yeah. And that data 
is supposed to be protected and you fail at that, you need to disclose it. Well, that's like every vulnerability ever though. No, 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 no. We're, we're talking, we're talking a very specifically, I am going to give you data that you want and ask for. Yep. Inside of there is typically either an implicit or explicit agreement. Certainly. Here's, here's my data. Don't fuck it up. And if you let anyone see it, and, and this, is, this has actually been a, a, a big issue. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. <clears throat> there have been companies, critical infrastructure companies, that have had canaries. They've had these web pages that they keep updating and keep refreshing. And the web page basically says if we ever have to let the NSA in and give them a backdoor, we're not, we're, we legally can't update this page and and by omission you know that we're no longer safe there's been a lot of vpns that have had this this sort of setup um it's it's been a hot topic where um you these days really can't trust any of your vendors you you have to pick web services but um how do you know who to trust and how do you know what they're doing behind the scenes I have a VPN we, we use for work, but, but who knows what agreements they have with the FBI and the NSA. Um, so it's incredibly hard to trust anyone. And if I voluntarily give my data to you and anyone gets access to it, even law enforcement, you got to disclose it. Legally, you may not have to disclose it, but um, there's a difference between legal and ethical and ethically you should. I would agree, but look, but let's not forget the big picture here. The people are in this situation because they are U.S. citizens. They ignored a notice from the FBI. Do you think do you all think they're going to like actually disclose? I no, but <laughs> that that's but, the problem we have is we do not have a national disclosure law. We have. 24 states with 24 different disclosure laws. And then we got all the other states with none, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> so that if you are relying on the law to dictate how security should work, you're in for a bad time. That, that is very true. And I will agree with you. You, you can't rely on regulation. You can't rely on uh, laws. You have to rely on security best practices. Um, and you have to rely on um, the uh, trust agreements between services and their customers. And any service that has customer data that is either hacked by the FBI or re-evil, right, should, should tell you because you are now a victim by proxy and you're going to be targeted. Yes, that is true. I agree with that. Like if that you have an STD shoe, are you legally required to tell people? Uh, I think that depends on the STD and the jurisdiction, right? <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> but you're ethically required to tell people 
ethically is such a strange word, you know? It is. You are culturally required, morally required. Well, are you, are you talking about like American shoe, Texan shoe, Hong Konger shoe? I mean, there's there's a lot of like different identities here. So I think this one's pretty black and white. Regardless, if you let the FBI in your back door, you should tell people. Yeah, it it, it goes back for me. It goes back to that FBI thing. Like, <laughs> why the hell are you ignoring the FBI requests? Like, man, if I like administered a server of any capacity <clears throat> and the FBI came knocking on my door, I'd be like, yeah, okay, let's talk. Sure, what do you want me to do? But let's say I'm some junior engineer DevOps guy fresh out of college working for some company in Scottsdale and my boss doesn't know what the fuck he's doing says ignore the FBI I'd be like uh I tell the boss okay yeah and then I like go around the corner to like Scottsdale Boulevard to the FBI office and says hey and say hey um my boss says this but I'm but I'm not putting my skin Real talk, how do they, like, how do they send you this? Is it, like, do you get, like, a postcard? Do you get an email? Do you get a phone call? Austin, yeah. I don't fucking know, man. I don't do anything well, stupid. Well, like, I, I hear think... me out. Hear me out. Because it's COVID, right? So if they're going to, like, send a postcard to the office, nobody's at the office. Everybody's I, at home. I don't think the FBI sends you a postcard. I, I don't think they're relying on the post office to deliver critical summons. I think that they first contact whoever the contact is for your domain. Mm. Um, and then they'll contact the host provider. <clears throat> so I hope it goes to spam. That would be hilarious. I mean, every IP address has, has a host provider. They can figure out who's hosting the server and then they contact them. And then through them, they should be able to find the client. Bottom line is it would not be hard for the FBI. It wouldn't be hard for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got 24 billion records. We can find anyone. Hey, FBI, if you want to find out who owns these servers, give us a call. Act notice, Austin, Texas. Ethically, of course. Ethically, morally financially <laughs> uh final thoughts always disclose always disclose uh we didn't we, it's been a while since we've featured a shirt but uh austin why don't you show us yours oh this is buster bluth um from arrested development getting his picture taken um and a sheep walks in it's really good. This has been an episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches. If you liked what you saw today, you're weird and we like you. Uh, please like, comment, and subscribe. If you didn't like what you saw today, argue with the first people in the comments. Uh, if you have a bourbon or a breach you'd like us to cover, you can contact us at contact at Until next time.